Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Make some noise, Orange fans. It's time for the Juice Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Juice Nation podcast. All right, what's up, Juice Nation? Welcome to episode 29 of the Cuse Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, and iHeartRadio. So welcome once again. We're going to go over uh, a couple little noteworthy things having to do with um, Syracuse in general. As far as football goes, we don't have any basketball news as far as I know, right, Joe? No, no. Nothing's we're, really we're, changed. So we're, we're waiting for this, some uh, visits and stuff like that. But that's right, uh, Buddy Beheim's official visit, which um, like he's never been there. Yeah, <laughs> but you know how that goes. Um, yeah, we'll do um, we'll do the um, Central Michigan post game, LSU pregame, and some NFL if we have time. So SU sitting at two and one, and I saw. On Syracuse, I think it was Syracuse.com. Yeah, the uh, the 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 where do you stand? They got this poll up. If you want to take it uh, or just take a look at it, even Syracuse football faith poll. How are you feeling after the win over Central Michigan? Well, this is like their last softball game of the season, and um, just looking at this here, it's forty four. Call it forty five percent. Say taking deep breaths before the brutal schedule. Thirty percent say exactly the same. Um, 16% say I smell an upset brewing in Baton Rouge, uh, 6.8% football. Don't you know, Paul McCartney's at the dome Saturday. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You lose me with that. You lose me with that. And 2% at other. So, um, most Syracuse fans realizing obviously the brutal schedule and, uh, it's going to take a lot at sitting at two and one to, um, to, to get a bowl game, although bowl hopes up 7% from last week, from, <laughs> from a dire 15% to a to a uh, more positive dire 22%. So there's your bowl, there's your bowl hope predictions. Uh, we. <laughs> by the experts. So, Joe, I think you, I think you said this, and correct me if I'm wrong, but NC State, did you say that was going to be like the most – they're going to be the most vulnerable for the upset um, from us yeah. going forward. And we're going to need yeah. to upset the apple cart a little bit to, um, I think personally, and I'm not trying to be negative Nelly, but we're going to have to pull, pull something out to even get to five and seven and hope that, you know, we can catch, catch one that's loose something, anything. So, yeah. Yeah, no, no, I, I said that, and I still, I'm kind of on the the same kind of boat with that. The other teams still have looked strong, um, and they just have superior superior depth depth in athletes. And um, NC State 
they have good players in certain situations and in certain places. Um, and I mean, they got a tough one against Florida state this week. So I think we'll see a little bit more, but NC state's one of those teams that always tends to, uh, kind of underachieve with the talent that they have. So that's still kind of where I'm staying. I think if, uh, LSU would have uh, won this past Saturday instead of get their uh, you-know-what kicked uh, by Mississippi State, then maybe there would have been a chance for LSU to uh, overlook us. But um, now that that happened and they're going back home, um, they're going to be hungry to uh, to get a win because um, they kind of got embarrassed. So it's kind of a bad week to uh, to go down to Baton Rouge. Yeah, they're so. going to be looking for redemption. I mean, they got shellacked. So. Yeah. Now, does that seven. does that say anything about the football team? I mean, does that give you hope, or does that make you? <laughs> I mean, I think it does because I have I went and I, I listened to um, Ed Orgeron's uh, post game um, com- press conference, and uh, and he just I mean, you can kind of tell that he they just don't have as talented as a team as or as deep a team. Um, I don't know if it's because of less miles leaving or. If there's just a lot of young players, but per per what they usually have, they don't have the same you know kind of talent. So I mean, you can kind of tell in his voice that he's a little you know worried. Not necessarily worried about Syracuse, but just worried as you know worried about his team as a whole for the season. So um, they have a lot of things that they got to pick up and, and 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 get right. But under the lights down in Baton Rouge, I mean that. That game atmosphere is intense. Probably something that you know Syracuse hasn't seen in an, on a road conference game in a, in a while. So is that their home opener? Is that LSU's home opener? Or they play no, oh, no. Okay. They've had a, they've had a home opener. Um, I'm sure they had a. Um, I think they played BYU week one. Um, they beat them. Um, I, that might that might not have been home. So yeah, it could be their home opener. Um, I mean, they I'm just not, got sure. they got stomped on both sides of the ball. LSU did. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. You know, two hundred putting up two hundred and seventy yards to um, Mississippi State's four sixty five. I mean, that's that's brutal. Uh, time of possession was just awful. I mean, they got crushed there. Um, no turnovers in that game, but yeah, I mean, the matchup just just is just dominant. So uh, I I don't. I'm with, I'm with you. I I think um, I'm going to be optimistic. But um, we'll see what happens. Well, as we get into, before we get to most of that, though, um, or maybe who knows, maybe there's not a whole lot more to cover on that. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) But there's not a whole lot to say about it. Because, well, let's look at Central Michigan. When Syracuse had, like, a really sloppy first half. I mean, the most notable is going down to, to down and punt inside the one and and all you got to do is touch the ball, and he he did everything but touch the ball actually, and it, and it went to <laughs> yeah. the end zone. <laughs> yeah, he danced around yeah. it. I mean, he was over top of it. All you got to do is touch the ball, dude. I mean, you don't yeah. have to jump on it. Yeah. you know this was, is basic stuff. I was nervous in the first quarter and a half. Uh, it was awful. Yeah, I mean, it was it was like oh here we go again. You know, I mean we were. Moving the ball a little bit, but I mean, <laughs> then we have the interception that you know he throws off the guy's back, you know, uh, for a receiver screenplay and just hits some guy in the back, pops up, they get it. I mean, it was kind of like, oh, here, you know, here we go again. Um, as far as you know, Middle Tennessee State, but um, 
I think uh, Central Michigan took the lead 17-10 like halfway through the second quarter. Yeah. And then then um, we ended up scoring two more touchdowns, uh, one of which was that uh, interception for a touchdown, which might have been the biggest play um, to take the lead 24-17 going into half. And then we end up breaking it open. Um, I think Central Michigan eventually got tired because of the pace of the game. Um, you could just tell that their offensive line wasn't in the second half. Um, they started getting tired. We started getting more pressure on the quarterback, hitting the quarterback. Um, and on on, uh, on offense, I mean, we ended up with over 300 yards rushing, and there was a lot of big running plays in the second half. So Two I mean, we for were over 41. 70. Yeah, we were we were we were uh, we ended up winning forty one seventeen. We scored thirty one un- unanswered points, and um, it probably could have went could have been more if we didn't you know take the uh, take take the foot off the gas. Um, so it was a uh, a lot better looking game than than the week before. And obviously, I mean, judged by it still is Central Michigan. So I mean, judged by that poll that you were talking about, you can't really get too overconfident because. It is just one game, and although Middle Tennessee State was one that everyone thought we had to win, um, again, um, it was good to come to see them come back and kind of. I mean, if you look at some of the numbers, we did have turnovers, some bad penalties, some emotional you know penalties that were bad, you know, late hits, extra um, curricular stuff after plays. But um, I, I felt like from the middle of the second quarter on, we pretty much dominated that game. So No, totally, and the second half was all there, so it wasn't even close. And we talked, and um, exactly what you said happened, was going to happen, happened, and it's that is SU um, just wearing them down. They just got, they just, the defense just got tired, and they just couldn't even keep up anymore. So, um yeah, and, I mean, and we did have some injur- injuries. You know, there were some players that didn't play um, from the week before, and we had some players that got hurt. One, one I'm worried about is Irv Phillips. You know, number three, our slot receiver. He's a key player on our offense that got hurt early, and I mean, I don't know what the uh, what the injury is because they keep that pretty uh, pretty close to the chest. Uh, but um, yeah, there was like he was knocked out to me. There, I don't know. Yeah, that to me too. I mean, his face slid on the turf. So I mean, yeah. he was limp. Yeah. Oh, his body <laughs> rolled across the ball, limp. Yeah. So. Yeah. So um, and <laughs> I just hope that it wasn't that bad of a concussion to where he's going to be um, out for next week. That's all. Well, I don't know. It ain't looking good because during the the LSU pregame conference press conference with Babers, uh, he you know he that was the first thing he said was he has, doesn't have any information on that. That's. You say no news is good news. I disagree when it comes to stuff like that. Some some news would be optimistic. I think. Um, yeah, I just I think it's one of those things where, um, especially in the past. But uh, I don't know what it is. It's just you know the lack of the interest of the fact that you know we have had mediocre to bad years. But it just seems like it's, it's so many years in the past, especially with Scott Schaefer and stuff, and like do- injuries like dominate the the interviews and the press conference stuff. Um, it, yeah. So, it, everybody, that's like the first question out of reporters mouths is the injury. Right. Report. So I think he wanted to talk more about the game and nip it in the butt from the beginning to kind of just give all the reporters like, Hey, don't ask any injury questions. Cause that's your answer. So I don't know. Um, he, um, he doesn't like talking about that kind of stuff, you know? So, uh, uh, well, just, you know, I don't know a coach that would, you know, 
Right, right, right. And honestly, I mean, you want to hide that stuff as it is. I mean, and you come out and, you know, yeah, maybe the people want to know. But at the end of the day, when he lets us know, then the other team knows. So exactly. at worst, that's why he did the same thing with Antoine guessing. Cordy. So yeah. keep him guessing. Make them game plan like he's going to play. And then if he doesn't, you know, that's just something extra that they worked on in practice, you know. So Exactly. So – Syracuse sitting at two and one now it looks good I think this is this is how this how far I'm going to bring my optimism going to LSU sitting at two and two maybe after that game I'm just giving you worst case scenario yeah going in going into NC State at two and two if we can come out of there three and two it breathes life back in. Okay that's that's my best case scenario or my worst case scenario but no actually. It's right in the middle <laughs> because the best case scenario obviously would be two wins, but that'd be right. tough. Um, so, I mean, that's kind of, you know, I think we, if we get one of the next two games exactly. as a win, then I think that puts us right back on track to try to get a bowl game. So right. thank you. It, that's what I was trying to say. Yeah. So, um, um, any more about, oh, oh, here real quick. Let me just go over this. The dome crowd. We talked about the dome attendance last I think it was last week. It's blending together. I think it was yeah. last week. Um, record yeah. low attendance at the Dome for the third year in a row. They're on track for this third year in a row. Um, the average in 2016 was 32,805 for 15. It was 31,102. And only the Central Connecticut game was, was it broke 30,000. And the other, the other two were um, you know, just over 29. The last two home right. games. So um, we talked about that. So I figured I'd bring up the actual numbers on that. It was a write-up. Um, yeah. um, one of those, uh, probably Syracuse.com, I think. Um, there was a write-up about well, it in it's, there. So. It's bad. It is. It's bad. It is. It's, you don't, I mean, you have so many just fair-weather fans, it's ridiculous. You know, because when it comes to basketball, you have people that will, you know, leave work go straight to the game in a blizzard and walk up the hill and I know and there's more basketball games right you know what I mean you think you think with the least you know with the sport that has a little bit less games you'd try to make yourself available plus they're always you know on the weekend now we're talking we're talking this you could could fill up the dome 28,000 on a Wednesday depends on who they're playing but they could do it you know or Tuesday so yeah it's um it's very, you know, and there's a bunch of things that you can blame it on. And, and I, I love, I, like I told you in the past, you know, I used to, to go on Syracuse.com and, uh, and other um, websites and stuff and, and blogs and, and just look at the comments and look at the arguments and stuff. And I just always, you know, there's so many excuses. It's just excuse after excuse. It's, you know, the, what comes first, the chicken or the egg, you know, what comes first, you know, the fans showing up or wins, you know, that's just yeah. really what it is. You know, the fans want to go, oh, well, if they win and put a good product on the field, then then they'll show up. But I, then I, you, have the other, you have the other aspect where, like, these recruits, they see this dome. On TV, the dome looks pathetic, you know, and when recruits go visit and they see that only half the dome's filled or that basically there's less people, there's about as much people that show up to a basketball game like a conference basketball game, just spread out through the whole dome. And it just looks bad. It does so, play a part. It, it definitely does play a part. Right. And if the fans showed up, and they, and, it's, and it's students too. It's not just the yeah. fans in the community. But 
Um, there's a lack of students, and the bottom line is, is that fans showed up. That could really be a home field advantage, like a really, big really time. big advantage, because we talked about it last week. It gets loud in there, and I've seen it loud to where the offense can't even see, they can't even hear themselves. You know, they just can't think, they can't hear each other, they can't the play calls. You know, there's delay yeah. of games, there's teams using timeouts early. I mean, it's a huge, huge factor, and um, there's a reason why a lot of the teams that are end up being pretty good, you know. And like I said, you can argue it. Is it the wins? Is it because it's a good team? Who knows? I see but both I know, sides of the argument. Right, but I know one thing is that fans can't blame it on the fair and the fans can't blame <laughs> it on kickoff times anymore because that's what they did back in the day. Oh, you yeah. don't even got time for tailgates, the noon kickoff, and it's competing with the fair. Well, the last two weeks have been 3.30. And I don't know if Middle Tennessee State game was competing with the fair, but I know for a fact Central Michigan wasn't. So, um, No, I don't think it was. No, no. Uh, the first game of the season did. Um, you know, we go back to real quick um, the uh, – oh, Putting the product on the field—that's up to that's up to the, the the administration. That's up to Syracuse to really get that done. I can see that side of the argument, and I also see the other side. Like you said, you know, how are you going to get good recruits if if you know you're you're halfway three quarters away filling this giant stadium? And in right. you know, it's just not that well, much energy that in there. In the you know? I can see that yeah. argument in the past because in the past there's been. There's been, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, how good was the attendance when Nassib was there and he was putting up school records, you know, and we actually had some NFL talent on the offensive line and in the offense, you know. And then after he graduated, I mean, God, the offense is like watching the damn watching paint dry sometimes. No, but you're right. This, this offense that Dino Babers brings and the way that they play. It's exciting. It's, I think it's exciting. It's very, it's exciting to watch. It's, it's exciting to watch. There's big plays all over the place. Granted, it might not always be for us, but it's good football as <laughs> yeah. far as to watch. It's it's entertaining, you know. So, no one wants to watch a nine to three game like Buffalo and Carolina this past week, but <laughs> that's not gonna that's not gonna happen. With, I know I know that's professional, but come on. Uh, yeah, so, that was a, that was quite the the snooze fest. Um, oh god! Do we have any more to say about LSU? We can talk a little little uh, NFL real quick. No, LSU, um, the one thing about LSU that some people, I mean, at or- Origin as the coach, an interim coach or whatever, but he um, he actually was a coach on uh, the staff at Syracuse, the Paul Pascaloni, for a couple of years. So he's got some Syracuse roots, and uh, he went on from there to obviously become a pretty successful coach. Um, but he wasn't the coach that they wanted and he was an assistant coach last year when they fired Les miles, he took over and then they didn't get the coaches in this off season that they wanted. So he stayed, but, um, they're not right now. They're not great at quarterback. Um, they do have a uh, true freshman that is starting to see more snaps in, in, uh, practice who might end up, um, playing a little bit more. Um, but, the, the one of the main guys really in the last time when we played LSU in the dome is that they got a uh, guys this uh, running back who that people are saying that he's more talented than Fournette. Um, but from listening to like I was telling you Ed Origins um, press uh, press conference, he's a little worried about um, defensive line uh, depth, offensive line depth. I mean he's already was talking about having to go into junior college rankings next year to you know shore that up. And um, they don't really have the receiver. Their offensive coordinator, 
Matt Canada was actually the offense coordinator for Pittsburgh last year. And if you remember the Pittsburgh game last year, they put up 76 points on us. Yeah. So yeah. Well, we put he up knows a, 60 something, right? Six. I think it was 61. So he knows our offense. But the thing is, is that he doesn't have the same weapons in this offense than he did last year. Last year he had a, a senior quarterback that could make the throws that he's asking him to make um, with uh, Peterman, who's on the Bills now. He's in, he's in the NFL. And, um, I mean, they do have a good running back, like I said, with LSU, and they do have good receivers, um, athletes anyway. But it seems like, from what I've heard, is an experienced or an inexperienced team with talent. Um, I mean, but they said the receivers are so thin that they had to move a five-star safety from defense to offense just to play uh, re- uh, receiver. Um, one of their better players on defense um, is a D tackle who is, they're saying is going to play on Sunday is probably going to be a first round pick. But last week was his first game due to injury in the uh, off season. And um, they said, if there's going to be any issues, it's going to be his, uh, you know, his stamina and um, saying that he might not be in game shape to play a bunch of snaps. So, and with the way that we play, you know, that that could be a problem. Um, their middle linebacker had a targeting call last week, so he's going to be out the first half. So, um, I mean, they do have superior athletes, and it is the SEC, and they are playing at home, and they do. And there's just a bunch of stuff that's against us. But just hearing all this stuff just makes me wish even more that they would have pulled out the win last week in Starksville to beat Mississippi State because I feel like we might have had a chance. Um, this time around, like I said, you never know. That's why they play the game, um, and maybe that loss puts them in a downward spiral for a couple games who knows maybe they might still take us lightly because it's just Syracuse but I just feel like the fact that they lost and the fact they're going back home night game seven o'clock on ESPN2 um I feel like even if we make it close right now it's I think we opened up like 23 and a half point spread so we're a 23 and a half point underdog um I would take Syracuse with those points um probably 90 (laughs) percent I think that it we could easily have a good showing and still end up losing. Um, that's just a sad reality I of just, it. This, LS, this I, LSU team isn't the LSU team of LSU's of the past, but they still right. have more more talent than than we do. So I just want to see a good game. I don't want to see a blowout. Being it's yeah. going to be you know mm-hmm. a, a Saturday night. You know that's those are my favorite games. I don't care who's playing. Like yeah. the Saturday well, night primetime games, those are the best college football games of the day, most of the time, for right. me. I mean, because it's, yeah. it's my so, I'm a night owl. Right, and and that's all you can really hope for, especially when it comes to recruiting and stuff like that, too. Because um, uh, I don't care what anybody says, um, Dino Babers, he has a system, and he has a plan, and it's been proven, and it's worked, and... He has been recruiting better. His recruiting classes have been better. We have been getting better athletes. It's just they're they're young and inexperienced. And going against twenty and twenty one and twenty two year old grown men from you know the SEC, right, is going to be is going to be difficult for us right now. But to go on a national stage playing on ESPN two, I mean, we've had I've had I don't know about you, but I've had to stream every single game through ESPN three. Yeah, they've all been yeah they've and, all been and, on ESPN. And the average random kid who's just you know, like you said popping out a game on, that's on ESPN on a Saturday night, they're not going and searching for Syracuse Middle Tennessee State at 3.30 or Syracuse Central Michigan. So now it's going to be one of those things where we keep it a close game and you got some kids, you got anybody that's just scrolling through the, the channels and they see that and maybe the game's close. Oh, oh, Syracuse is only down. Oh, this is a close game. And it just brings, it brings more 
brings more positivity in, in, into the, into the, um, the program. So that can help with stuff like that. So the last thing we need is for them to be scrolling through the channels and seeing, Oh, 47 to seven. Oh, I'm just going to turn it to the Mississippi state Georgia game on ESPN. So like, exactly. I mean, that's where I'd be turning. That's where most people would. Yeah. Um, so, uh, the, the NC state game, by the way, was, was just announced time and local listings. So I think, Joe, you're going to that game. I think I'll yep. probably have to stream it. I'm not sure though, probably. but they just they did just announce all that stuff recently. Uh, by recently, I mean like I think like today. So twelve twenty twelve twenty kickoff, right? I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um. So anyway, Joe, you're going to be there. That's cool. Um. We'll we'll get another episode in before that. But LSU Saturday seven o'clock. Tune in. Uh, I will be finally getting it in HD instead of that ESPN app. Needs some work. Like, oh, get a different server or something. I mean, what the I hell? I couldn't even read numbers. Jeez. So Yeah, can we get more than uh, five commercials? Because yeah, that's what yes. gets me. Yes, every, I'd rather... Every commercial break, it's like the top five. You know what I mean? I'd like, rather stare at a blank screen. Come on. Seriously. Um, so, okay, well, let's, let's hit up some NFL real quick. Um, uh, a good week for me, a, a bad week for you. I had a, I had kind of a cake game. You kind of had a, um, yeah. you kind of had a tough game. I think Detroit's a little bit better than what people think, but, uh, um, yeah, well, Giants, I think Matthew Stafford, man, all. dude, yeah, dude, no, you let him get he's away. A he's he, a gamer. I mean, he ran the ball on you guys so many times. Hey man. <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm just saying dude. Um, All I'm saying is that if Brandon Marshall catches a ball in the third quarter or fourth quarter that uh, I could catch, then it would have been a different game. So we'll yeah. just leave it at that. <clears throat> um, so, well, here's some notables from the week besides scores. Uh, Chargers coach Anthony Lynn ponders comp- – this is from ESPN – ponders competition for kicker Young-Ho Koo. Now uh, – you know, the first thing you think of is, uh, why would you name your kid Young Ho? I mean, <laughs> right? Is is that what you were thinking? No, I just, I mean, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so maybe that's his dad's name. I mean, that ain't cool, man. <laughs> that ain't cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could go on and on, but um, yeah. so. This dude's supposed to be a, a a pretty good kicker. You said what? What were you telling me earlier? I believe that he was at least a Blue Rosa finalist. If not, I mean he he was uh, he played for Georgia Southern last year, and um, he was one of the better kickers in uh, in the country in college football last year. So An- another, I mean, yeah. Well, you know, the last one. If it gets blocked, it's not necessarily his fault all the time. No. If no. it's a clean snap and he's getting the ball, if he kicks it low, it's his problem. But if someone just gets through, I mean, what the hell is he supposed to do about it? So, um, anyway, the next thing we we wanted to mention was a completely visual thing, and that's the cameraman at the at the Chiefs. What was it? <laughs> Chiefs uh, Eagles. Chiefs yes. Eagles game. This dude just barrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this dude, she does flip. 
out about five yards. When he's running, she flips out about five yards. He's carrying the, this this camera is like the size of him, and he just yeah. r- just rails it right right into runs her right over, man. And he keeps going. Yeah. So if well, you- <laughs> to her credit, she got back up and kept dancing. So. <laughs> she did. She did. I doubt that. Doubt that's how they saw it in practice, though. No, no, no kidding. It's like getting run over by a train. Um, and then the other thing that outraged people was, and you know, you hate to see it when you're when it's your team, when it's you know, when it's not your team, when it's the team you're playing and you're getting crushed, like the Jets did uh, against the Raiders this past weekend. And Marshawn Lynch just getting down on the sidelines. And when I say getting down, I mean he might as well have been standing on. You know the Gatorade table because yeah, yeah. <laughs> Which hey, is, that's his hometown, man. That is his home, dude. Marshawn Lynch has Oakland tattooed across his chest. I mean, yeah, he, he wanted. To, he got his first touchdown in the home opener. He was happy, man. He was happy, and this is a guy who had just paid twelve grand to flip off cameras. If he wants to dance, let the dude dance. I mean, what well, the hell, if right? He wants to dance, let's re- rephrase that. If he wants to dance, he's going to dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. He will dance. He'll pay the fine later. That's yeah, right. He does, he does not care. I no. mean, I don't think – it wasn't coordinated. It was – I mean, he was happy. He's in the moment. You know, he was out of football for a couple of years. Comes back. So the only team that he'd come back and play for, hometown kid, you know, grew up there played college ball at Cale Berkeley, you know, and then he gets drafted by Buffalo, <laughs> you know, so. No, and he hated just, it too, by the way. Oh, he, he hated it. Oh, he it. absolutely hated it. And then he went to Seattle and it was closer, but still, um, but he didn't like it enough to think that not handing the ball off in the Super Bowl really left a bad taste in his mouth and. Oh, man. Decided to retire. That was. Yeah, a, I mean, that was you know bone. what, though, I don't, I don't mind him, man. He's having fun. They're having fun. That's what it's about. Jets, Jets fans and Jets players got it. First off, if you're a Jets player, get ready for the norm because there's 15 (laughs) more weeks. No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. And I'll say this. There was glimpses of glory with Josh McCown. I will say that. But he's always been a gunslinger. He did the same thing with the Browns. Okay. Okay. It doesn't mean they're going to win games. No, you're right. But at the same time. I mean, that's if you're worried if you're a Jets player and you're worried about Marshawn Lynch dancing on, on the sideline, like, and then that's just that's your your key right there that hey, your season's <laughs> just gonna, gonna have suck. a bad year if you got to hold on to that. Uh, Marshawn Lynch, twelve carries, oh, yeah. forty five yards. Uh, so let's talk about the. You want to just hit up the the the. Um... Well, there's a couple other things I wanted to hit yeah, up with. Um, uh, just a couple accolades. Um, that charge going back to the Chargers game, Antonio Gates finally got that uh, 120th touchdown for a tight end. Um, so he finally broke that that they were trying for four weeks last year at the end of the year to get them. And uh, and also Joe Thomas uh, this past um, week, the lineman for the Browns. I mean, this guy has just been. I mean, talking about Iron Man for football. This guy's just been a consummate pro. He's never whined about being at Cleveland. Um, he was a beast, like in, in in college. And instead of going to the draft, that guy was on a fishing boat, bass fishing with his dad the day of the draft. Like he just That's doesn't awesome. care. He doesn't care about the glory or the, the, the this, this and that. And That's awesome. He literally, he literally not missed a start. It's like a race and, car driver. Just they just they just want to play the sport. Yeah, 
and he, he hasn't missed a start since his career started. And this past week, I think he played his uh, ten thousand straight uh, snap on Holy offense. Cow. So, yeah. So it's amazing. Um, he's just been a, a, a great pro, and it's too bad that Cleveland hasn't been able to put together a good team um, since he's been there. But um, and then also the other thing that I noticed, and you know, there's other things going on, and your Raiders do look good, and in, in, in the Chiefs, your whole division. I mean, Chiefs, Raiders, and San, uh, not San Diego, the Denver. Yeah. Um, have all started 2-0, which that Denver-Dallas game was also kind of surprising that, to that me. That was a shock to me, I have to say. But, um, but, um, Trevor Simeon. No, yeah, that was a shock. Um, but what surprising to me was, uh, well, not really surprising, but more or less, I mean, after just last week with New England, New England coming back and Atlanta coming back, and it's almost like unless your Oakland Raiders or somebody from your division steps up and does something, it looks like, they are on a collision course for another Super Bowl, especially the way that they played. I know. Because Atlanta and New it's England, so they just did not look like they could be stopped last weekend on offense. So. I know it. I know it. Um, the Raiders' secondary, I mentioned that last week, still worries me a little bit. Um, they had a couple. Well, one of the touchdowns McCown threw was a third down play where I forget who it was, but I think um, Bruce Irving tackled the dude and he tackled him twisted him and threw him down and if you watch it i mean it just just tackles man he just tackles him <laughs> they call it 15 year penalty. <laughs> I mean, it just tackled the dude it's like you can't even tackle anymore you know you gotta, you gotta yeah, be careful well. how you tackle now go watch it and tell me even the broadcasters who dan fouts for crying out loud um long time charger you know, even he was like, "Oh, that's ridiculous." So no, yeah, well, he had to retire because of concussions. So, <laughs> yeah, but which makes it even more. You know, he don't have any sympathy for the quarterbacks nowadays because he got killed. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, they all did back then. But you know, yeah. I hope that I hope that you know we don't have to deal with the the wussification of football players. It's a brutal sport, man. I don't know. The technology's got to be there to keep them safer. Um, you know, there is a certain level where the referees keep keep them safe, but um, you know they can only do so much with calling call with penalizing. Yeah. So, um, anything else? I want to change it to the CFL. <laughs> CFL just passed a rule that there's no there's no live tackling allowed in practice. Oh, oh, they're they they are uh, they're allowed to oversee practices there like that. <laughs> they can't wow. even pull. Full tackle. There's not even full contact tackling in practice. Where they wear flags? I don't know what they do. Who cares? No one watches. <laughs> yeah, really. It's Canada. What is it? The Calder <laughs> Cup? What is that? No, the Calder Cup is for, is that golf? for hockey. Oh, that's for hockey. Yeah, oh, that's for hockey. oh, that's that's right. That's right. That's the. Uh, that's what the Syracuse the Crunch tri- were in. Yeah. The AHL. AHL. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I forget what it's called. It's called something like that, though. Anyway. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I think that's about it for episode twenty nine. Yeah, that was I'd fun. Say so. Um, yeah. so, I guess try to do um, another early week one next week after the game, and um, we'll we'll do all the same stuff. Um, maybe a little something different for the NFL, so we can breeze through that. Uh, if you want to give us a call. The number is 1-804-977-1557, 1-804-977-1557. Call that number. You'll hear a generic message and a beep. Leave a message if you have a question, comment, 
Um, if you want to cuss somebody out, if you got want to talk about the NCAA Orange, or you want to talk about um, NFL, give what's, us a call. Leave a message. Vacation of the NFL. What's vacation of the NFL? <laughs> Joe dares you. Joe, Joe dares you to call. I dare you. So, or if you have a question about Young Hoku. Oh yeah, Young Ho. You want to talk about Young Hoes? Um, yeah. Whatever you got. So. Um, that's it for Joe. I'm Sean. This was episode 29. See you next week. Peace. You just heard the Q's Nation podcast with Sean and Joe. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be Continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Whoa, sweet man cave. Thanks. Serious upgrade. How'd you pay for all this? I got a home equity line of credit from Figure. I was approved in five minutes and had funding in five days. Wow, that fast and easy? Yep, the application is 100% online, plus no out-of-pocket costs, just fast access to the cash you need. How do I get started? Go to figure.com and get that serious upgrade. Figure Lending LLC, DBA Figure, Equal Opportunity Lender, NMLS 1717824. Terms and conditions apply. Visit figure.com for more information. For licensing information, go to www.nmlsconsumeraccess.org.